The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. It was Sunday, 26 Chavav Adarishan, 26 day of Adar 1, Tavshinun Bays, March 1992. I was going to Israel that night for the wedding of a cousin. So even though I grew up there, I grew up there, so I wouldn't go often for dollars. But that Sunday, I was traveling to Israel. I wanted to get a blessing. So I went to receive a dollar. I stood online. This was around 6 or 6.30 p.m. The Rebbe was already standing for six or seven hours. The Rebbe was 89 at the time. He looked very, very tired. In front of me, there was a little girl. She looked like five or six. Her father was holding her in his arms. Didn't seem like she was from a Chabad family, and I don't even know from a religious family. The way he was dressed, she was dressed. The Rebbe gave her a dollar. He looked her in her eyes, this little, cute, angelic girl, and he said, She and her father were about to move on. Unexpectedly, she looked the Rebbe straight in the eyes and she said these words, and I was there. Lubavitch, Rebbe of Lubavitch, I love you. I have to say, some of the Gaboyim were taken aback. <laughs> they didn't exactly expect such a display of emotion from this little girl to the Rebbe. <laughs> One of the people was rolling his eyes. I had this chus to see the Rebbe smile many times. But the smile that I saw that moment, I never saw before. The Rebbe was quelling. His face had such a luminescence and radiance. As he took a second dollar, he handed it to this little girl. He looked her in her eyes and he said these words. This is for your love. She moved on. It was my turn. His face grew very serious. Rabbi Label Groner, all of Ashalom, told the Rebbe that I was traveling to Eretz Yisrael. That night, the Rebbe gave me one dollar, said, Brocha gave me a second dollar and said, Abgeben, Avzdokin Eretz HaKadosh, give this for charity in the Holy Land. Those were the last words I ever heard from my Rebbe, because as you know, the next day, 12, 24 hours later, on Monday, the Rebbe suffered a stroke while he was standing and praying at the oil. Those words I carry with me in my heart. This is for your love. It's how the Rebbe didn't only create Svarim, but created people. Created and creates people because with true empathy, compassion, and love, all blockages are removed. Wounds are healed. And people can start believing in themselves the way you believe in them and commensurate of how much you love them. I'll never forget that Pesach. It was the first night of Pesach. I think it was 84 or 85. After Mairiv, the Rebbe would go up to his room and he would later go either to his house or to the library to have a private seder with his wife, Rebbe Tzanchaya Mushka. Before he did that, the Rebbe would distribute matzah to around 10 or 15 people. Who? His secretaries, 
the people who worked in his home, the people who helped out his brother-in-law, the Rashag, and some people who were very connected to the Rebbe's family. The Rebbe would give matzah to Rabbi Chadikov, Rabbi Groner, Rabbi Klein, I remember, Rabbi Zalman Gerari, Shalom, Rabbi Shalom Bergansburg, Beryl Yunik, Zechrein Levrach. I don't know if you know these names, but these were people who worked in the Rebbe's house, helped the Rebbetzin, his secretaries, and just maybe another three, four, five people. One of the people who would receive matzah was my father, Alava Shalom. Everybody would receive one matzah. My father would receive, two, would receive one and a piece, or just a piece. My father would receive two and a piece, the Rebbe would always give him a second matzah, Fadet Zeitung, for your newspaper. I still remember, I was a little kid, and he came out with the matzahs, and there was a wealthy Jew who came over to him, right by the elevator, and he said, $10,000 for the matzah. <laughs> $10,000 for the matzah, which today would be like $200,000 for the matzah. You have two whole matzahs. My father was an interesting person. It's not that he didn't answer him, he didn't even look at him. If you knew my father, that's how he did things. Okay, so when I was a child, I used to go with him because, you know, it was a unique opportunity. And as a child, you know, you could, you could sneak in through uh, holes and crevices, you know, before the, <laughs> the control police uh, expelled me. So I was there one year, I think it was 84 or 85, and I was standing there. I went in front of my father, behind my father. It came my turn. The Rebbe had a custom that children, there were a few children there, and he would always give them a piece of a matzah. Now, that was never a problem, because if you ever buy a box of matzah, even if you don't take it on a plane, how many whole matzahs are there? It's a miracle if you find a whole matzah, right? Broken matzahs, there are endless. So it was never an issue. The Rebbe would have had a box by his room. And there were always broken pieces. And he would give it to the children if there was a child. Came my turn. And the Rebbe was standing. And he looked on his side by the box of matzah that was open. And I was looking there. And there was a whole matzah. So the Rebbe picked up to look under. Another whole matzah. Like two miracles. He looks for the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And the Rebbe is standing and lifting up matzah after matzah. And he thinks for sure there's going to be a tucked under, a broken piece. No. They were all whole matzahs. I don't know how that happened. He got till the Rebbe got till the end of the whole pound of matzah. Or two pounds, whatever it was. All the way to the last one, there were no broken matzahs. Now I'm thinking to myself, Rebbe, you could give me a whole matzah. Nothing is going to happen. You don't tell, I won't tell. I was a little kid. You know, we'll keep it in the family. Don't worry, I won't tell anybody. I'll hide it. I'll hide it with my father's matzahs. I'll never forget this. The Rebbe took both of his holy hands. He put one hand on top of the pile, another hand on the bottom of the pile, and he turned over like this. He turned over the whole pile and started to go the other direction, <laughs> looking for that broken matzah that must be there. And the Rebbe went down again the row. There was no broken matzah. He got it right the first time. There was no broken matzah. 
from my humble childish mind, I could see the Rebbe reflecting on what to do, and he walks away from the box of matzah into his room. It seemed to me to go look into another box and retrieve a broken matzah. As the Rebbe starts walking away, he decides to come back. He comes back, and I realized that Rebbe did not want to do this, but he did it. He took a matzah, and he broke it. He gave me the broken matzah. He looked me in the eyes, and he said, Akosheren, on Afrelech and Pesach. I went, my father came, he gave him a whole matzah, he gave him a second whole matzah, and he gave him the other broken piece of the matzah. And I wondered, why did the Rebbe care so much to give me a whole matzah? I was a cotton, I was before Bar Mitzvah. Okay. The Rebbe didn't want to break the matzah. I saw he didn't want to. He did. But that was important because he did not want to give me a whole matzah. I don't know the answer for that, friends. I never shared this story before, but I reflect on it often. Was it perhaps to teach me a personal lesson? That in life, you always have to remember you're a machzis hashekel. You're a half a shekel. Never think you are a self-contained whole shekel. Was it perhaps his profound and subtle way of blessing me to find one day my second half, my amazing wife? May she be well. Or was it perhaps something else? Was it maybe the Rebbe's subtle message, sharing something that I think he taught all his life, but it's hard for us to really internalize. Don't be afraid of brokenness. Don't be afraid of yachats. Don't be intimidated when you see brokenness in people, when you see brokenness in a world. Don't be afraid of shvira. Don't be afraid of your own brokenness. Don't be afraid of your own wounds. Don't be afraid of your own unresolved anxiety and tension. You know why? Because in the yachats you will find tzafun. Tzafun means hidden. Your deepest light. Your deepest light of geula. Your own little Mashiach is always found. In your broken pieces, in your broken matzah, is that not how the Rebbe explained why the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Sadiq Ches, calls Mashiach a Mitzayra, a leper. Because the light of redemption, the deepest potential of people is always found in those unresolved places, in those layers of tension and difficulty. If you only have the courage not to be intimidated, not to run away, not to judge, not to criticize, not to be afraid. Look straight into the Mitzayir and you will find your own Mashiach. And you will allow the other broken person to find his or her own Mashiach. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.